As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Free Mind Podcast. Today's going to be a little bit different uh, solo episode, and we'll see how this goes and maybe do more of these moving forward. But I just kind of wanted to jump on and talk about a few things. A lot going on in the world right now, folks. Uh, All kinds of crazy stuff. So first off, for what's going on in my life, uh, I have been... I guess you would say banned. I don't know what what the proper term is, but my Instagram, my main Instagram account has been disabled. I think that's the term they use. Uh, They gave me no reason why. They just, all of the sudden, when I logged in, they were like, your account is disabled. And then it made me like verify uh, my email address. I think it was, or no, they, they, I think they texted me a code to my phone and they were like, verify that this is you. And then they were like, okay, in 24 hours, you have the chance to appeal this. However, they, they didn't give a reason why my account was disabled. So I don't really know what I'm appealing. Uh, to my knowledge, I've done nothing to violate the community guidelines. I'm very careful about what I post and make sure that anything that I post is backed by usually Uh, peer-reviewed studies, but at least primary source material uh, if I post it. And, you know, I'm very clear when things are my opinions or, you know, not my opinions and just stating the results of, you know, maybe a study on the efficacy of masks or something like that. I mean, these are scientific studies. So, you know, the only thing I can kind of come up with, I think, is that maybe somebody reported my account, uh, somebody who just doesn't like me, Um, but that's kind of weird because then you have this scenario where someone can just report you and your account gets taken down. And I've taken a lot of time to build my Instagram account to a certain level. And so it was really kind of crazy to just see it taken down all of a sudden, you know, and I know there are a lot of accounts out there that are definitely more divisive, more aggressive and, and can kind of stir people up. That said, I mean, that's still their right, but I, it blows my mind that there's a lot of accounts that are still up and aren't disabled in, in my account, which is basically just like, you know, 
personal responsibility is good, work hard, uh, think for yourself, have a free mind, um, stuff like that. I've been disabled and given no reason. So, so I got that going on. So for, for right now, I'm using the free mind podcast Instagram. So it's at the free mind podcast kind of as my backup, but also just, I post on there in general to keep folks updated on, on podcast episodes and what's going on with the show. So yeah, and we'll see how things go. My uh, main account is at I am Dave Hurt. So if you're listening to this at this time, you know, maybe a month from now or, or something like that, check and see if they ended up keeping me down forever. I don't know. We'll see. But that just happened uh, the day before yesterday. So who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, what else is going on in the world? Man, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> I guess the, the craziest thing today, and, and for those listening, it's uh, November 4th, or I guess those watching and listening, it's November 4th the, is the day I'm recording this, and I just finished watching the Senate hearing with uh, Dr. Fauci and Rand Paul uh, that occurred today, and man, it was it was obviously heated. Those two are always heated, and, and you know there's a lot of venom and animosity there in general. But Rand Paul basically laid out the argument that, okay, the NIH has acknowledged that the research they funded at EcoHealth Alliance or through EcoHealth Alliance at the Wuhan lab, and if I'm getting this wrong, fact check me in the comments, basically conferred a new level of pathogenicity to a virus that would not occur in nature, which by many definitions is gain-of-function research. So Rand Paul's whole argument is, Fauci, you said you funded gain-of-function research at the or you said you did not fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, and you clearly did. And Fauci still is saying, I did not fund research at, at the, um, or I did not fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Now, the last time they had an encounter, Fauci kind of punted and was like, you know, there's no evidence that the research that was funded there led to this pandemic. And, and of course, that's not what Rand Paul is asserting whatsoever. And my Fauci impression is terrible, so sorry for that. But anyway, this time... Um, Paul came at him again because since that last encounter, the NIH has issued basically a statement saying that they funded gain-of-function research in so many words. And, you know, this isn't, like, hard to find. This is out there. And Fauci is, is now saying, well, basically, to paraphrase, according to our new definition of gain-of-function research, that's not what we were funding at the Wuhan lab. So basically the goalpost has been moved, and now – uh, Fauci kind of led with this, well, gain of function is a nebulous term. Actually, here's how we're defining it for this scenario. And what we funded is not gain of function research, which, of course, is just a cop out. And, and as Rand Paul said, he's just trying to cover his ass, to use Rand Paul's words. And, and I, that's what it looks like to me and, and most people who can see right through, you know, this this facade of language games and semantics and I have a background in this stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that the research taken place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that received funding through EcoHealth Eco Alliance was gain-of-function research. And we, we have an email from uh, Peter Dazag, or say we, but there's an email out there from Peter Dazag basically saying to a representative at the NIH, 
thank you for uh, restoring the ability for us to continue our gain-of-function research. And this was back, you know, years ago. I think 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh, it, again, comment if I'm wrong here, but I've seen the email circulating. So it's like, okay, we, we were calling it gain-of-function then, but now it's not gain-of-function uh, because Fauci has now changed the definition. And Rand Paul even went, you know, went so far as to say, look, <laughs> you changed the definition on the NIH website when all of this started coming out. It's so transparent. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, I made a post about it on my Twitter, and then I screenshotted it, you know how people do, and, and I put it on my, my Instagram, the Instagram for this podcast, basically saying, you know, Rand Paul, so the NIH funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Anthony Fauci, not according to our new definition of gain-of-function research. And then someone commented, and, and I think this is a, a good thing to talk about. Someone commented, oh, Rand Paul is just talk, talk, talk. Why doesn't he just, uh, why doesn't he just arrest Fauci already? <sighs> so someone, I guess, should take a civics class to start. That's not how this works. I mean, Rand Paul is a senator from Kentucky. He can't just say, Anthony Fauci, you're under arrest. He has taken measures to have the DOJ look into Anthony Fauci, but ultimately, that's going to come down to, I would guess, like the attorney general who, you know, we all know is, is under a lot of heat right now for what he's done with issuing this this memo, basically saying that parents are domestic terrorists for protesting at their school board meetings and, and advising local law enforcement on what they should, you know, what measures they should take against that type of behavior. And so he, he faced a lot of heat in hearings with, with Congress. So... You know, I I don't hold my breath that this guy is going to actually launch an investigation into Fauci, but that's the way our government works, unfortunately. You know, you you might be frustrated that Rand Paul is just, quote, grandstanding, but that as a senator, that's all he can do. And it's a good thing he's doing that because it's affecting the way the American people look at this. It's not like he can go again. Anthony Fauci, you're under arrest. Come with me. He's got to go through the proper channels. He has to submit a request to the DOJ to launch an investigation into this. And that's what he has done. So anyway, to the person who commented that, you know, I hope you understand that our senators can't just get someone arrested. You know, there's a process for this and there has to be an investigation. Rand Paul is taking those steps. He's one of the few actually speaking up about it. So that's what's going on with Rand Paul and, and uh, Anthony Fauci. The ongoing saga continues and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But to me, as someone who has a background in the sciences and, you know, spent a lot of time working in labs and I've published research papers, I've published a book article, a book chapter, rather, words are, are important. I've published a book chapter on functional genomics. And, uh, you know, so I've got a little background in this stuff. And to me, it's clearly obvious that gain-of-function research occurred. It's very likely that we funded it. Even if you want to say through a circuitous manner by funding the EcoHealth Alliance and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, we funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And it's very likely that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is where SARS-CoV-2 originated and leaked from. And it's very clear to me that Anthony Fauci is 
basically playing language games to avoid being implicated in anything that might be linked to the origin of this pandemic. That's the way it seems to me based off of what I've seen. I'm interested in you guys' thoughts as well. So please feel free to comment. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. If you're not, you know, go to my Instagram or Twitter or whatever and comment. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Um, but that is my thought. So the next thing I wanted to touch on really quick, that's kind of, I guess this might the these solo episodes might just turn into like commentary on what's happening in the world. But, uh, Ooh, I just had a thought. Maybe we can call these, uh, since this is free mind podcast, maybe we can call the, the ones that I do by myself free solo episodes, you know, play on words. Free solo is like climbing without a rope by yourself. Hmm. Maybe I'll do that anyway. Uh, so Colin Kaepernick, all right, the, I, apparently, and I haven't watched it, so I've only read news articles on this. So I, I do need to preface this with that. And I apparently he has compared the NFL draft combine to slavery in a new Netflix series. And you know how it goes. I mean, you get commentary from all sides on an issue. You get commentary from the left. You get commentary from the right. And then usually, like, it kind of falls, like, somewhere in between, right, uh, as to what the truth is. Um, although, a lot of times, full disclosure, full transparency, I tend to lean right on a lot of issues, especially these days with our current definitions of what right and left are. So, anyway, Colin Kaepernick apparently likens the NFL to slavery. You know, man, where to start? Uh, if that's the case, then I guess if I can get what is what is Colin earned, like forty three million dollars over the course of his career, I then sign me up for for that slavery. Sign me up for that slavery where I make millions of dollars. And before I can do that, they have to, you know, measure certain metrics to to gauge my performance. I mean, I think this is just ludicrous. This is just attention seeking. The guy's trying to stay relevant. Uh if Look, and th this isn't like some big mystery to the world, but one of his major sponsors, Nike, essentially has slaves making their shoes in China. So if Colin Kaepernick cares about slavery, how about you don't affiliate yourself with an organization that essentially uses slaves to make their products? And hey, better yet, why don't you speak out against that? Could it have something to do with the very likely millions of dollars that you're getting from them? Probably so. So, look, I don't I don't take this guy seriously. Most thinking people don't. You know, he's not some martyr putting himself out there fighting the injustices of of racial uh, divisiveness in the world. I mean, look, again, if he truly cared about humanitarian issues about human rights look he he works with a company that essentially uses child slave labor okay as soon as you say that i don't care what else this guy has to say but if you're like i don't know new to the world colin kaepernick was raised by an all-white family uh he went to the nfl made millions and millions and millions of dollars has a lot of big time sponsors of course he you know came to I guess you would say global um, recognition by kneeling during the national anthem to protest racial injustice in America. Of course, again, while being sponsored by a company that has slaves in another country. 
you know, I think a lot of this is it's all these issues where you have these athletes speaking out against human rights violations, almost every single one of them. It's like, I don't know if they don't do their research or if they just don't care, but take like LeBron James, for example, same deal. I mean, he's, he is in bed with China in many ways, right? And China has actual concentration camps for Uyghur Muslims. If you care about human rights, how about you speak out against that stuff? Okay. Stop comparing um, um, an industry where you get paid millions and millions of dollars to slavery. Also, here's, here's something to think about. If the NFL combine is like a slave auction, Colin Kaepernick has tried really hard to get back into slavery. I mean, how many tryouts has the guy done? It seems like he's a little bitter because the, quote, slave masters don't want him to come back. Okay, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. I think that it's it's pretty dang ridiculous. Like, look, if you want to talk about race in professional sports, then, you know, one conversation you can have as uncomfortable as it may be is how about uh, quotas, right? Like quotas are something that a lot of people on the left push for in corporate America, you know, like black people are 13% of the population. They should represent 13% of your company. Okay. How about we say white people are X percent of the population. They should represent that percent of your NBA team. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy in, in all areas. Who's the best for the job should be in the job. That's why there are a ton of black people in professional sports because they are the best athletes for what they're doing as it should be. They should be in those positions. So, you know, let's just use meritocracy and whoever the best person is for the job gets the job. And we stop comparing a multi-billion dollar, basically, industry to slavery where you make millions and millions of dollars and have the best doctors, the best athletic trainers, the best, you know, fanfare and all this that also gets you all these sponsors. And like I said, sign me up for that slavery. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to go through the NFL combine to get tens of millions of dollars. And you can call me a slave all you want. So anyway, that's going on right now. Um, we talked about gain of function and eco health Alliance a little bit. You know, another thing that's been kind of in the headlines is so way back when apparently when they started these research projects, and I probably should have mentioned this when I was talking about Fauci and Rand Paul, but Peter Dazag, who's like the head of EcoHealth Alliance, he essentially, it's come out, he was doing this gain-of-function research. All right, that, that's not of, of question, right? This is what he was doing. But he essentially got to write his own conditions for that research with the NIH. So basically... The NIH was like, hey, this is gain-of-function research. You're not supposed to be doing this. Because you guys remember Obama put the kibosh on gain-of-function research, as he should have, which, you know, we can, ha we can have the discussion about how that's led us to where we are today. But Peter Daszak basically said back to the NIH, well, I tell you what, how about if these conditions are met, I halt research. So I think it was like one log viral growth. And to those of you in 
microbiology or immunology or virology, you know what that means. Um, but anyway, it's a spike in growth of one log. Uh, and they said, okay. So he got to set his own conditions. He's like, basically, I'm going to do the gain of function research anyway. I'll just let you know if it gets really bad and then we'll shut it down. Well, it did. And he didn't tell them and they didn't shut it down. So it's, it's this just multi-layered situation where you have all these dishonest actors and the moral of the story is gain of function research was done it's very likely that the virus leaked from the lab where this gain of function research was done that we funded and we funded it because certain persons were dishonest and other persons let them get away with it and then it created the mess we're in today very likely again i'm just some dude speculating based off of what i know don't take any of this for absolute fact. Do your own research, okay? This is just what I have read and what I have seen. So we'll see where it goes. And, you know, I think a lot of this is – it goes back to John Stewart on Colbert when he got Colbert all uncomfortable by just saying it's almost like there was an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near the Hershey plant in Pennsylvania. And we're saying that it couldn't have come from the plant. It's like so obvious, right? So anyway, we'll see. I, it's just these people don't care about the average person. They're so obsessed with God knows what, right? I don't want to get too conspiracy theorist on, on it, but, you know, it's just it's a shame. It's a shame. And, and nobody's willing to take responsibility. Nobody's willing to own up to the fact that they made mistakes. And that makes it even worse. You know, it's like, okay, can we at least say this happened? It shouldn't have happened. And here's what we're going to do moving forward to ensure that it doesn't happen again. I think that's reasonable. And I think that should, should take place. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. But we will see. It's an ongoing saga, and I'm sure I'll be commenting on it quite a bit. A couple other things that are going on right now. The Virginia gubernatorial race just wrapped up, and... uh 
a state that hadn't elected a Democrat or, sorry, a Republican in, I think, over a decade to a statewide office, elected a Republican governor, a Republican, I believe, lieutenant governor, and then a Republican, um, God, what's the third position? Is maybe some sort of secretary or something like that. Anyway, it was a red wave in Virginia. And I think a lot of this is because people are just fed up. They've had enough of, you know, this talk of mandates and and just inflation and shortages and all these supply chain issues. And of course the, the um, Afghanistan stuff. And it's like this, this administration is, is really kind of screwing up at every turn and messing up everything. And Virginia is a state that Biden won, I think by like 12 points or something like that, which is insane. So anyway, uh, Youngkin is the guy who won governor in Virginia And it's been crazy to see kind of the reaction of folks on the far left. And when I say that, I mean like MSNBC types. And it's like, you know what you're getting when you watch those programs, right? You know you're going to get far leftists. You know you're going to get people who are um, activists for a cause, right? Just like you get a lot of times with with folks on Fox. It's like there's no mystery there, right? You know it's going to be that way. But it's still kind of funny to watch because – you see, like, Joy Reid, uh, who is, I mean, she is more of a conspiracy theorist nut job than Alex Jones, in my opinion. But she's commenting on the fact that this is all due to white supremacy somehow. You know, never mind the fact that the uh, the lieutenant governor is a, a woman of color who immigrated from Jamaica, by the way, and served in the armed forces. Never mind that fact. You know, it's white supremacy. And then the... The other gentleman who was elected, again, I can't remember the position, secretary or something like that. I should know that better, um, is is, uh, Latino. So, yeah, white supremacy, white supremacy. That's what it is. It's like these people, all they have is the race card and they just beat it like a drum until they can't beat it any longer. And I think you're starting to see that now. People are starting to get fed up with this crap. And You really saw that in a lot of these parents going to school board meetings and protesting uh, CRT-based principles being integrated into the educational curricula there. And I was careful with my words when I said that. I said CRT-based principles because, you know, you, you, you have to be careful. And I have to apologize. I say you know a lot, and I'm trying to get better at that. Anyway. If you say CRT is being taught in schools, immediately folks will say, no, it's not. That's a college-level curriculum. Critical race theory is not being taught in elementary schools, middle schools, etc. So you have to be careful and you have to say correct, uh, excuse me, critical race theory-based principles is how I like to phrase it because those are being taught even in elementary schools. The anti-racist mentality, the white guilt that they want children to feel. There are video clips of classrooms where this is being taught. It's written into curricula. You can't deny it. Although on MSNBC, they'll say, actually say this, critical race theory doesn't exist, which is a huge lie. It's a high level curriculum um, in, in graduate schools and law schools. 
Critical race theory absolutely exists. So it's crazy to say that it doesn't exist, which is which is wild to, to even see them say that. But to back off a little bit from that, they're also saying it's not being taught in elementary schools in lower lower level schools. And and it's not, but the principles from critical race theory are. And a lot of this is because these these individuals teaching your children learn these principles in their their higher education and it carries over into their curricula. So I mean there's tons of examples of white children coming home and and essentially professing to their parents that hey I'm I'm told that I'm a bad person basically am I a bad person you know and this all stems from these curricula and you know on the the flip side uh children of color black children whatever you want to say are essentially getting the feeling that they're just naturally a victim or oppressed or lower on the totem pole or in the hierarchy or whatever you want to say than white kids. So it's a terrible thing to, to tell young children. And I'm not saying don't teach kids about racism in our, in our history in this country. Nobody is saying that. And oftentimes the, the far left will conflate not wanting CRT based principles in our curricula with not wanting to teach about the history of race relations in this country. And that's just simply, that's false. That's completely false. I haven't spoken to anyone on the right who doesn't want that stuff taught in our schools. They in fact think it should be. So that's just a cop out. And if they're saying that they either don't understand what critical race theory is or they're being willfully ignorant in order to avoid talking about the topic. So this all came to a head in Virginia and parents were protesting at school board meetings and voicing their opinions. And ultimately, this was kind of the death knell for McAuliffe, who was the the Democrat candidate running for governor. He said that and it blows my mind that, that a guy would say this, even if he thinks this, that a guy would publicly say this. This is how crazy things have gotten on the left, in my opinion. He said that parents shouldn't be able to have a say in what their children are taught at schools. And I'm not paraphrasing. Essentially, that's what he said to the word, verbatim. And, of course, as soon as you say that, man, you, you've lost. And he did. He lost in a state that has been blue forever. It's funny because I've seen coverage of this where they talk about Virginia like it's a swing state. Virginia has been blue, was blue was 12 point favoring Biden. Uh, so yeah, it, it was incredible to see. So Republican won the, uh, the gubernatorial race in Virginia. And then of course the reaction, like I said, on the left has been, you know, Trump, 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 the insurrection, Trump, 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 insurrection, 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 white supremacy, racist. Meanwhile, if you look at the numbers, it doesn't tell that story at all. Of course, it never does. You know, this gentleman got the Latino vote, got a large black vote. Uh, you know, it, it's not borne out in the numbers at all. He has, again, 
his his uh, lieutenant governor is a black woman. Okay, so stop with the white supremacy race stuff. It's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed for for using that as the reason these people want office. All right. Stop saying all Republicans are racist because America is losing faith in you. They've lost faith in you. All right. And when you say that stuff, it just reinforces their idea that you're already talking out of your butt because they know it's not true. So New Jersey was a very tight race. I think the Democrat Phil Murphy squeaked that one out. But New Jersey was a state that, again, Biden won by like 16 points. It was a very, very blue state. And they almost elected a Republican governor. Um, I mean, it was neck and neck. Like, I'm, I'm talking like like a thousand votes between them at, at points. And then, you know, they traded the lead and back and forth. And this, I mean, this should have been by all accounts like, a you know, an easy, easy race for the Democrat candidate. But Phil Murphy also has been terrible just all around. You know, I've, I've made some posts about him and how hypocritical he's been and how tyrannical he's been. But anyway, I think it's a message that, that people are fed up. They've seen what, however many months now, 10 months of this administration has been like, and they don't like it. Biden just fell asleep at this climate summit. There's video of him just dozing off, sitting up for like a few minutes, I think. He, he can barely put together a coherent sentence. His policies have been awful. People are feeling it in the economy. They're feeling it in really every metric that you use to, to measure the performance of the nation. He, he has like the lowest approval rating, I think, of any president at this point in their presidency. It's truly, truly wild to see. And I hope that people who voted for him really think about why they did it, and moving forward the next time you do, examine policy, what people are actually trying to do. I think that Biden got elected because he wasn't Trump in many people's eyes. It was, they, don't, they didn't even know what his policies were. Hell, he barely knew what his policies were. They didn't care. They just didn't want mean tweets. Well, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Again, going back to our theme of not choosing the best person for the job based on their capacity to do the job, but instead based on emotion, that's what it gets you. It gets you where we are right now. So I hope people think about that. I think they are. You just saw it in Virginia. You saw it in New Jersey. I think that 
what is it, Long Island in, in New York City, like uh, elected a bunch of Republicans uh, to their, what, city council or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what went down there. I just read an article about it. Um, but you're just seeing this red wave, and I think it's because people are seeing through this just droning on about race relations and like still talking about Trump. I mean, Trump is gone. He's on the sidelines. He's not in the game. He's not. a. And I think Biden, when he went to Virginia to talk about uh, McAuliffe and to endorse McAuliffe, he mentioned Trump like 26 times in 12 minutes or something. I probably don't have those numbers exact, but it was crazy. He's still hung up on like Trump, 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 Trump. Well, guys, how about you talk about instead of the previous administration, how about you talk about what you're doing and what you're going to do and what your ideas are? That's what people want to hear. They're still just going on and on and on about the insurrection on January 6th. It's like, guys, just stop, move forward. And Americans are reflecting that in their votes. That, that's my opinion anyway. So anyway, we'll see. This last thing is uh, something that has been kind of a cultural phenomenon. The whole Let's Go Brandon chant, which I think, I, I mean, I love it. I think it's awesome. But it's been hilarious to see how the left has reacted to this because they're they're basically calling for it to be like criminal to say, let's go, Brandon. I mean, there's this Southwest pilot who came under heat for supposedly saying, let's go, Brandon. There's no recording of it. There's no video of it that I've seen. But supposedly he said, let's go, Brandon. And people on the left are comparing him to an ISIS terrorist and, and you know, just crazy outlandish stuff. I'm old enough to remember back during the Trump administration when Madonna said she wanted to bomb the White House and Kathy Griffin held up the bloody head of Trump and Alex Baldwin or Alec Baldwin or no, Robert De Niro, rather. Gosh, Alec Baldwin's the guy who just shot someone. Uh, Robert De Niro, you know, stood up at the what was it, the Grammys or whatever and said, fuck Trump. And it's like all of that happened and you were cool with it. There was a rap song. Fuck Donald Trump. All that's fine. Uh, and then they go on and on and on. I mean, there's so many things every single day. But this hilarious Let's Go Brandon chant that is essentially a meme that stemmed from this funny situation where this reporter was essentially in denial that the crowd was chanting F Joe Biden. She kept saying that they were they were saying Let's Go Brandon at this NASCAR event. It was hilarious. And it caught on because it is a funny meme. And the left's heads are exploding over it. Meanwhile, for four years, it was totally cool to say, fuck Donald Trump. And I mean, Kathy Griffin held up his bloody head. But look, here's the thing. I support all of that. I support the First Amendment. I think everybody should be able to do that. But I also think you should be able to say, let's go, Brandon. Like, let's let's not have a double standard here. And Let's Go Brandon is so much more innocent, right, than a lot of this other stuff. It's like, it's insane. It's hilarious to see just how much people are losing their shit over Let's Go Brandon. And here's the thing. It's like the, uh, the what is it, the Barbra Streisand effect? 
where, uh, I, and I'll probably get this wrong, but I think it was something like Barbara Streisand uh, didn't want her, like something like, I can't remember exactly. Anyway, it's when you don't want something to, when you complain about something and it gets it more attention, basically, I'm, I'm botching that. But the more that they talk about Let's Go Brandon and the more that MSNBC is like, these Let's Go Brandon people are, you know, domestic terrorists and blah, 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 the more it's going to catch on, the more the youth is going to want to chant it. It's just what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's this whole, the taboo is the cool thing. So by all means, guys, keep letting your heads explode over Let's Go Brandon. You're just going to see Let's Go Brandon take over the world because it's a funny way to say fuck Joe Biden, but you're not cursing. You're kind of in on the joke. And also it's a nice troll because you guys are reacting to it and you guys are getting your panties all in a wad. And let's face it, this president is not doing a great job. And it's better to have people say, let's go Brandon instead of fuck Joe Biden. And a lot of terror. What if, I mean, God forbid you have a, a right-leaning celebrity or, or, or a comedian hold up the bloody head of Joe Biden. What do you, th- what do you think MSNBC or CNN or, or really any news outlet would say about that? You can't have a double standard when it comes to the First Amendment, guys. People have the right, as people of America, to express their opinions. And they have the right to freedom of speech. So it's just hilarious to see. And I have a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt just because I think it's hilarious. And I think it's a little more tasteful, to be quite honest, than a a Fuck Joe Biden t-shirt. So... You know, you guys should should be thankful that Let's Go Brandon took over because you have to remember what was happening prior to that. Stadiums full of people, sporting events everywhere were chanting fuck Joe Biden. Now they're chanting Let's Go Brandon. So at least they're not chanting obscenities, right? Anyway, just just so sensitive, so fragile, double standards. It's a shame to see. I think that's all the stuff that's going on, guys. So if you like these solo episodes, let me know. I will probably do them more often because I always feel like there's plenty to comment on that's going on in the world. Let me know the kind of things you want to hear. The next episode that I'm going to drop with a guest, I've actually uh, already recorded with Derek Josie. He is out on the West Coast. He's a farmer who's part of the Tillamook Co-op. He's a, a, a dairy farmer, and he just published a book. So we talked about his book, and we uh, we will drop that episode on Monday, this upcoming Monday. It's Thursday now, but uh, let me just make sure I get the book title correct because I got an advanced copy and the title changed. So I just want to make sure that I get the correct title for you guys because you should check this out. It's a great examination of the dairy industry. It's called An Industry Worth Fighting For. So Derek is a a great guy. He's, like I said, he's part of the Tillamook Co-op, and he wrote this book on the dairy industry to to talk a lot about some of the misconceptions to address some of of the things that he gets crap for from organizations like PETA, et cetera, and to really kind of give you a picture of what life looks like for a dairy farmer. Anyway, it's a great book. It's called An Industry Worth Fighting For by Derek Josie. Check it out on Amazon or or where books are found. 
And um, yeah, we'll be we'll be dropping that episode on Monday. I might do another solo episode or two before then. So I'll probably mention the book again. I got an advanced copy of it. I, I read it before it was released. It was fantastic. I'll probably read it again now that it's out. And uh, yeah, An Industry Worth Fighting For by Derek Josie. You can find me on Instagram at the Free Mind Podcast. You can check out at Just Work Co. for my coming merchandise. Going to have a couple shirt designs for you guys. That's also uh, where I post more of my like nutrition coaching content and stuff like that. It's kind of my lifestyle brand, if you will, Just Work. Um, it was the name of my coaching company when I was doing that full time. So at Just Work Co. And then if you're interested in my outdoor content, at Just Work Outdoors. This is all on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at I am Dave Hurt. And I think that covers all of it because at I am Dave Hurt on Instagram is currently disabled. So more to come on that. We'll see where that goes. All right, guys, I appreciate your time and I hope you got some value out of this. If I got anything wrong, if you disagree with anything I said, please comment if you're watching it or listening to it somewhere where you can comment. And also, guys, this is something I've never really asked or talked about, really, because I didn't pay attention to it and and it was just something I wasn't even thinking about. But if you enjoy this content, if you enjoy the guests I have on, please, please, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or an Apple podcast, wherever that is, uh, because that does help, I guess, with the rankings and populating and searches and all that good stuff. So if you like the show, please give us five stars. I would be eternally grateful. All right, guys, that's it for now. I'll catch you next time. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.